I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. folks welcome back to another episode of ginger and dutch here on the ginger and dutch podcast you're stuck with just the two of us tonight no special guests second last episode of season one looking to land a big guest the big fish for uh the last episode coming up next week dutch come on in here big slate lots happening in the world of sports tons happening tons happening but boxing (laughs) we're gonna get into that i just can't believe that this is still gonna go on uh, Dana White's got to be just rolling over. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Nice episode, some soccer talk, uh, lots of NCAA football and basketball for sure, and then uh, of course we got the NFL. So let's uh, let's get started. Where do you want to go here? Well, we got we got to give the listeners an update uh, on the Lou Marsh Award. Canadian athletes uh, Alfonso Davies and Laurent uh, Davernay Tardif, third time in 82 years that we've had a tie for uh, Canadian athlete of the year. Um, congratulations to those two athletes for sure. Both well deserved, and they uh, they both uh, retweeted and congratulated each other. And uh, I, I think it was as important that they did that. Um, both, like I said, very very well deserved. So congratulations to both of them. Yeah, I was a little worried that they were going to go with the athlete uh, achievement, but nice to see that they went also with the humanitarian achievement as well. well. Look, look how far back you go, right? You got to go back to uh, when Gretzky won. He won, uh, and he shared it with Rick Hansen. So there is those other. Um, the other elements that you've got yeah. absolutely there yeah. is so they did the right thing for sure they did the right thing and, and that may change you never know it may change the kind of the culture of how that goes um with with everything on that side of it not just all about the athlete every time right yep yeah. and uh they're gonna do it we talked about it on the last episode that with the success of uh of tyson and roy jones jr they are already into floyd mayweather and logan paul what do you think, Hollyfield Tyson? Uh, I did. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I I think it's just an absolute joke, and it's it, it, even for us to talk about it. We're talking because it's in the news, but for all these people that are spending money to watch it, um, even though, like I said, I, I watched it back on YouTube and didn't pay any money for it because I'm Dutch. Um, you know, it was exciting, but come on, really? The, these two YouTube cessations, and I know Logan Paul's already been in the ring before and he got his ass kicked by some other uh, video game enthusiast. I can't remember who it was, but from over in England. Um, he's It's just all about money. It's all publicity. Is that not what it is? Yeah, they're just trying. They're going to the well. They're trying yeah. to make money while it's hot. Strike while the iron's hot, the old saying. And you can't blame him. Floyd Mayweather's probably going to go broke in five years, so he may need some more money soon. So yep. why not hop back in the ring with some guy and yep. make a few bucks and be on your way yeah the problem with the other fight was it was was at least tyson donated his money to charity which was great correct mayweather needs it like you said right and And dana white's got to be honestly though he's got to be he's genius he's 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 got to be laughing he made some comments about it you know if that's what the state of boxing is and this is the way they're going he's living it the last two weekends he's hosted uh ufc events and he's done it for free on normal tv so he's he's still capturing those that audience and he's saying he's just he's he's just brilliant that man like him or not, no, for sure. And I think I think where they're, they were going to win on the boxing side is is that they had two legitimate boxers, and you know Tyson Holyfield. I think they would draw some tracks in there, but to throw Logan Paul in there, I just don't know if he's enough of a a, a draw to be able to uh, 
you know, get those viewers out yeah. and and get it on pay per view. I might watch. I might watch the Hollyfield Tyson though, just to see if uh, maybe Hollyfield decides to bite in here. <laughs> That's right. To get him back, revenge. Yeah. What There's... about the MLS? We uh, we talked briefly about it last week. I I was kind of not that we made predictions on this, but I was right. You know, just like I said, uh, Columbus and uh, and Seattle back. What a comeback though! Did you watch that game? Yes, down it was... two nothing. Yep. Ten minutes to go, and Seattle storms back, scores three goals in the last I think twelve minutes, two in the last five. And it's uh, Columbus and Seattle. Seattle's got to have the the edge here. Well, no? yeah, and they've won. They've been in the Cup final for the last five years. It's hard to believe that, right? I know not everybody falls it, but four of the last five years, right? They're the reigning champs. Yep. I think Columbus has only won once, but wait, it's been a long time. I think it was two thousand and seven or two thousand eight when they won. Yeah, it was early in the MLS uh, yeah. history. Um, yeah, it's it's Seattle's to lose. Um, although you know what, I'm picking the dark horse. I think Columbus is going to take them down. I think it's going to be a little low scoring game again, another one nil or um, something along those lines. Well, but Columbus is going to want to slow it down. They'll yep. slow the pace down. That's their style of play. Yep. But they both are. Seattle's that way too, right? I mean, Seattle had a run and gun this week because of the they were the, down two goals. That's right because of the matchup. Quick shout out too to uh, our midfielder uh, TSC, um, Alessandro eh? Pozuelo. Yep. Right. League MVP. Yeah, and I said Alessandro Alejandro, but. Uh, yeah, league MVP midfielder. Um, it's that's a that's a great honor. It's it's nice to see that, and uh, you know it makes uh, us uh, keep um, appreciating TFC for sure. And as we wind down on season one, uh, you can always go back and listen to uh, past episodes. Yeah, well, we, we had, had Zavaleta, TFC uh, defender Eric Zavaleta gave us a great interview. He was actually our first guest. He so, was our uh, first guest. Yeah. Great to see that as well. Mm-hmm. NCAA football and basketball. Let's start with the football here, Dutch. Ohio State. Michigan canceled this afternoon. Ohio State's not going to be eligible to play in the Big Ten championship game from what we're hearing um, coming out of the Big Ten um, committee. And so they shouldn't be. I think they're full of shit. I think they're going to let Ohio State play. Well, I think that's stupid if they are. I think it's, because because look at the other teams. That's not fair. If you look at who look at Ohio, they've only played five games. They played nobody. Correct. The the combined records fourteen and nineteen. They've played nobody. Okay. You still have a couple teams in in the ten. You still got Indiana. You still got Northwestern. You got uh, Iowa. Those all those teams have a one loss record. If I, uh, sorry, a one loss record. If I'm correct. So. Just because Ohio's five and zero and they've played literally nobody, okay, except for Indiana, I believe they played Indiana. Yes, um, and beat them, and that's who they would play in this this game. Yeah, which is now a sixteen, which most likely would be that uh, that matchup. But they shouldn't play, and I'm going to go one step further. They shouldn't be in the top four as well. I think there's one definitely better team, and maybe two better teams. And I'm just saying based on record and based on where they're going. So why not Texas A&M in the Final Four? Yeah, but, but the Big Ten, like, the, they start late. Then they impose this six-game um, mandatory must-play-six-games rule. Like, they're just putting themselves behind the eight ball. Yeah, that's a joke. We said that last week that we right. thought that was dumb. Like, do, do you want Ohio State to walk out of the Big Ten and go down to the SEC or go down to the ACC? But is that your argument? And I'm not, I know we're not arguing, but is that no, your argument? No, you that's... think Ohio State would do that if, if they don't get to play in the Big Ten championship? Possibly, because wow. because they're one of the major money makers for the Big Ten. So that's they're a, one of the big draws for the Big Ten. But so you can't find another opponent that they can play to get to get to six games. There's nobody around that can play in that conference that can step in. It's not their fault that Michigan had an outbreak. No, you're right. It's not. But it's still the fact of the matter is, is they made the dumb rule. But I just want to go back to the fact that that 
it, yes, if they play, if they beat Michigan, they're they're that's their six games and they're in, right? But what does beating Michigan do? Michigan's terrible. It does nothing other than gets you to this in self-imposed six-game rule, right? Which then he then they would earn to play in the Big Ten, which I'm fine in the championship. But I want to go. So they've messed the whole thing up. We already know the Big Ten has, and and you're probably right because it is all about money, and they're going to backtrack, and they're going to probably let him go in and play, which is an absolute joke. And and for a team like I said, for for a, a, a Northwestern or an Indiana or an or an Iowa, for a team like that to to be able to play in there is going to be a huge thing because they don't get to do it that often. It's almost always Ohio State. Sorry about your luck, boys. Take a year aside. It's a it's a we're in a year like none other. In every sport, they're having challenges. So don't just, oh, well, because it's the money and we want them in there. Why? Because they're going to leave? Forget it. And frankly, I don't think they should be in the, be able to play in the CFP either. Well, they messed that. That that should be opened up. Look what every other professional league's done. Right? The NFL went to, they had already done seven. They're thinking about doing eight if they can't get through. Yeah. Baseball, extended the playoffs. Yes. Basketball, extended the playoffs as a test run to with the play-in games. Yeah. Extended the playoffs. Why can't they do it in college football? Extend it out. Go to 16. Go to 8. Go to Put all these teams in. You're done right. That was what and we've always them, wanted. And then let them play. Don't make these eye test rules on a team that's played five games and a team that's But they're worried because they just can't. Look at all the games that well, are getting they canceled. Can't, they that's can't, it. They can't get, these, they can't get kids on the field. Games, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But I still want to go back real quickly to that. Why are they – Why we argue this all the time. Why are they ranked in the top four? Because they're undefeated and they're five and zero because of their pedigree and because of who they played when they played nobody this year because that used to be your argument, but now you're looking at it and I'm like I'm, I I just keep well, looking no, down. My, my argument before was common opponents, uh, strength of schedule, those types of things of who you're playing in your non-conference games. You can't control what happens in your conference. Sometimes you're you, you these power five conferences. Sometimes some are better than the other, right? Like you look at college basketball. Okay, the Big Ten is is the touted. Um, you know, big conference this year. Some years it's the SEC. Some years it's the ACC. But it's the non-conference games. But in a year like this year, you've probably got the argument that's going to win and, and and hold out because of the fact that they've only played five games. And like you said, they haven't played anybody of any sort but of even if they played their, other it, than Indiana. Okay, but even if they played their sixth game, you got you got a 7-1 and one Texas A&M team. Their only loss was against Alabama, which is number one. They had a marquee matchup that they won, and they beat Florida, which is huge. Okay, and because Florida, I believe, is number uh, six in the in yeah, the country. That's so, right. So, so there's that's everything to me. You you've 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 beat a top ten team. You have seven wins. You've played eight games, and your only loss is against the arguably the best team in the in the country. Give them a chance, and 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 let and have Ohio State fall out. That's all I'm getting at. You know what? The other teams have their right up there. You know, Clemson's 9-1, and one and their only loss was Notre Dame. Notre Dame's up there, which is where they should be because they're undefeated. Yep. I, yeah, I, 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 will, I swear, I'll, I'll stop watching. I'll stop watching college football. If, they, if, they, if Texas A&M takes care of their last, I think they've got one more. They have their championship coming up. If they take care of business and they don't, get, they don't bump up to the top four, I'm done. I'm done talking and I'm done watching college football, period. It's about money. You know that. Mm-hmm. And who's going to draw more, Texas A&M or Ohio State? Ohio State is a top three draw in college football, college basketball across America. That's why it's corrupt. It sucks. Oh, that's another conversation, but we'll get on to that. College basketball, uh, trying to start up here. Uh, 
same situation. They're getting games shut down, trying to get moving on. Um, I was always excited for those who know me, a big-time college basketball fan. I was excited to carry on the Canadian tradition that's happened over the last uh, three years. Last year was a record high, over 150 Canadians playing down there in the NCAA basketball, 31 in the NCAA tournament. This year we were just shy of 200 total um, scheduled to play. Some big names moving around, big names coming in, but uh, I just don't see this happening I think they're in a tough, tough spot for college basketball. They are, but they're going to keep going like everybody else. Listen, you know what? One of the one of our special guests, uh, and I want to talk about the the big game of the weekend that I was so looking forward to in their uh, little mini tournament they had going on. It was Gonzaga and our old uh, alumni uh, Kevin Pangos, who we had on. Yep, you got Gonzaga against. Baylor. Baylor, which was touted to be that that March Madness before we got shut down from this yep. crazy COVID. It was a current one-two matchup. I know they're early on in the season here, but I was so excited. I, I, I listen. There's there's been seven or eight games already for this week that have been canceled, and I know it's going to be ugly. It's going to be all over the map, but they're going to get through. They're going to get through, just like every other sport. You said it all along, and we're we're the world's finally turning the corner here. Okay, vaccines are popping up. We're starting to get things rolling. And I think that if we can just hang on through the holiday season, we we, we might be able to start to turn the corner, not just on a, on a sporting level, but just as the world in general. And, man, it's been a long time coming. It seems like it's been forever now. Yeah, it's been a while. That's that's for sure. For those that are following along on the, uh, the college basketball front, a couple uh, – New and interesting teams popping up into the top ten this year. It's to great. Start the year, great. Um, we got Iowa in there yep. right now at number three. Illinois at number six. Iowa's a very senior laden team with Luke Garza and uh, Jordan Bohannon and uh, Joe uh, Wiscamp. And Illinois's got some uh, some young talent with a little mix of Trent Frazier as a senior in there. So um, nice to see some new teams other than your you know your standard Kansas, Kentucky, yep. Duke. North Carolina's in there. So and we'll get to watch some of those games, too, because, uh, you know, Iowa will be on TV because of the conference they play in, and we'll start to get some of those games, I think, soon, which will be nice. Yeah, and I think now, with no hockey on right now, if they can keep things rolling here before Christmas, a lot more games uh, will be picked up locally here for us. So tons of watching opportunity to see a bunch of these Canadians yeah. um, get out there and ball out because Canada basketball is in a great situation. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's send our listeners off the break, and then when we get back, we got some serious NFL talk to do. We got uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. We got our picks, calamity and commotion. So all the listeners out there, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ginger and Dutch One, and stay in tune over the holiday season as we wrap up season one. Here we'll have the twelve days of Ginger and Dutch um, on all of our social media. So stay tuned for that as well, and we'll catch you on the flip side. We're taking out the trash. Get ready for Ginger's Garbage. It's not Starsky and Hutch. It's Ginger and Dutch. All right, listeners. Hope you enjoyed a segment there from the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Welcome back from break here. I'm proud of us, actually, tonight. We're doing this in uh, in one shot, one go. 
no uh, no edits, no recordings, and we're doing good so far, so, listeners. So, so far, so good. We uh, we were gonna take break, but but you nailed it, and you landed, you hit all of our social, you, you hit it all. So it's perfect. There's tons to talk about um, with the NFL, and I know you usually lead it off, but I'll just kind of give a quick little recap because I'm excited to talk to you. You know, we wanted to talk about. You know, they're starting to solidify now, right? You've got, um, we've got a couple teams. Our first two teams have clinched the playoffs. Yep. You know, the Saints and the Chiefs, they've both clinched spots. Pittsburgh failed to do so last night with a a, a, a bit of a disaster, but give it credit to Washington. We're going to get into that shortly. But, you know, and also, if it ended right now, our Buffalo Bills and I cannot believe for another week, the Minnesota Vikings would be in. And I would love it because, you know what? It would be Buffalo, Miami, and it would be Green Bay. And what do you know? Minnesota all over again. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Green Bay. Yeah, two divisional matchups there. Yeah, there are some sexy matchups that would uh, would be happening here. But, but I'm living a dream. The Vikings aren't going to make the playoffs. I told you that last week. They're not going to. But uh, it'll be who fun. knows? I, what I don't understand, and and I had a um, little argument with one of our listeners and a, a good friend of mine, Mike Irwin, in uh, down in St. Catharines, is how in the hell are the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs, but they have a 32 percent chance? Of making the playoffs. Explain to me that. I get strength of schedule and all that stuff, but I just don't understand yeah, they must those com- they probability must put, numbers. Yeah, and they got to put it in the sense. computer and they got to hit ding, ding, and off it goes. And, you know, with, with two tough matchups, we, we know the Vikings still yeah. have two big, tough matchups to go. Uh, one of them is this week at Tampa, and then another one is on uh, Merry Christmas as, as the NFL steals the NBA show and they've got football on four days in a row. I believe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Absolutely, they yep. do. So, um, who knows, right? Who knows? Who knows? You wanted to talk real quickly before we get into clammy and yeah. commotion. You wanted to I just got a couple points to bring up. Yeah. First off, I'll start off with no. We, we talked about the NFL way back when we when we were first started uh, chatting about the NFL coming up and spring training, and we're doing all of our breakdowns and um, dives into divisions. We talked about no fans, and I want to go back to that for one quick second. 38 double-digit double comebacks in 13 weeks. An NFL record high. Crazy. That's three per week. Every single game that I watch, I, you know, you're turning off games going, oh, 17-point lead, this game's over. 10-point uh, lead, this game's over. And it just never seems to be over. And team after team after team, the Detroit Lions coming back this weekend. I think the no fans has a big thing to say, do. To you it, you think they can't carry team. him through? Yeah, you think that that the home team, like look at Pittsburgh last night, right? Uh, yeah, sorry, last night. Yes, yeah, they were up by fourteen, right? Digit comeback, fourteen points. They didn't have the fans to carry him home, and you know it's make it's so hard to come back in the NFL when you're always being rushed by the defense when the crowd's going wild. And and you're right, that's it's an amazing point. I'm glad you looked that up because it it's a it's a very valid point, and that's why the NFL is upside down this year because it's so hard to predict. Besides their one or two usuals, it's so hard to predict what's going on. My second point, I got three points for you now. Yep. And two of them. That one wasn't on our little prep sheet. Neither is this one. But my little mini ginger's garbage this week is Al Michaels. Oh, yeah. Al, I, was, I thought you were going to go on this. Al Michaels. What the hell? Buffalo Bills, Sunday Night Football. You get two weeks off a year, and you choose not to come to Buffalo. You haven't been to Buffalo since 1995. You asked me to look it up. I looked it up. The last two times, he sent Tariko up instead. Absolute horseshit. 
at Al Michaels Inc. coming up to Buffalo when the 9-3 Buffalo Bills host the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. If that was any other team in the NFL, Al, you're damn right Al Michaels would have his ass in that seat. That's absolute horseshit. I think that's Michael. a Dutch's dog and a Ginger's garbage. There Absolutely. That's a great – we were talking about it last night. I was pissed off about that too. And my last point, just wanted to uh, shout out a couple players that we missed in our defensive rookie of the year chat. Um, two of them shouldn't be there and just wanted to clarify for our listeners so they know that we didn't miss them. That's Isaiah Simmons and Derek Brown. We mentioned Isaiah Simmons when he got drafted out of Clemson that he would be that, that piece and that kind of safety linebacker hybrid piece. This kid's still going to be good. Arizona's just figuring out how to use him. Just wait on this kid two or three years down the road. He may be the best player, defensive player coming out of this draft. So don't sleep on Isaiah Simmons yet, folks. And Derek Brown, just an absolute block-eating machine down in Carolina. The numbers aren't there. The flash numbers aren't there. But he's still going to be a good football player. And how did I forget Chase Young? Because he's, right he's, he's hard to notice because he's, uh, up until last night, he's playing on a losing team in the worst division yep. in football. And, you know, before last night and, and hearing him on a national stage, um, he, he's gotten forgotten. But but Simmons, listen, Simmons has had more tackles than Young. Yep. Okay. And and I think Brown's got similar no, uh, similar numbers as well. So, um I know you didn't, you know, you were talking the sexies. We were talking corners. We were talking safeties. Uh, we got into it pretty deep uh, last week. But, Yes, Chase Young's in the running, but he's just the, the standard. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not quite there yet, but right. he did deserve a, a mention, and I just didn't want to miss him. Okay, good, good. All right, calamity and commotion, as we always do. We'll start off with a little calamity here. New York Jets. J-E-T-S still suck, suck, suck. The Bears. <laughs> we said it last week. Nagy, you're getting fired. And... Your hot take of the year is now starting to fade away. Maybe a little bit overrated. Maybe the coach is still... You're right. Maybe he's just not good enough, Mr. Kyler Murray. Arizona Cardinals fall into 6-6, six and six and they're just watching that playoff spot just slowly whittle away. Well, let's get into it. Um, come on, did the Jets lose on purpose? No. They did not lose on purpose. They fired him the next day. Wow. No, here's here's here, okay, here's my point. We we've argued this for years. There's, he had no business making the defensive call that he made. Okay. Oh, but, 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 but I understand why. Because the play before, the play before he did was in zone. He was in a prevent defense. And they still got beat. Yep. Uh, yeah. We so, always <laughs> talk about prevent and not throwing, not giving them and, and Williams goes on a tear and starts bringing the house. Bringing the house and you know, ultimately, it did them a favor. I, I, we know the players, you, you know, and every radio station talks about it. Every media talks about it. The old player is going to purposely, especially in football, is going to purposely lose a game. Now, I don't know if maybe somewhere else we can get into that, if yeah. there is some kind of, you know, collusion going on. Uh, but the players know. So, you know what, Greg Williams, uh, yeah, good for you for the effort. But obviously, it didn't work out so well. And it's, it's funny because you hear all these taglines all the time from these coaches, right? From Belichick to McDermott to all this is situational football, right? And and for for those of our listeners that follow around football and, and live it and breathe it, sometimes it's hard for us to understand, well, how could, he, how could you not understand? Like, why would you drive on that route? Or, uh, 
sometimes these guys just rely throughout the year so much on their talent that they do need the coaching and, and situational football yeah. coaching is important yep. and spending time and practice time to say, okay, this is the scenario. This is it. This yeah. is, this is what we're going to do in this scenario. You hear it all the time from all these winning teams is like all these details, attention to detail. That, that, that's what they're yeah. talking about is yeah. these situations. And I think Adam Gase and Greg Williams just suck at coaching and yeah, they don't not, cover and, these types of scenarios. And let's not forget, come on, you see it more and more as years go on, and especially this year. Okay, let's not forget the Jets are Owen. They were Owen eleven. Yeah. Okay. So they're trying different things for different reasons, just like every other team. Like why they go for it on fourth down when they're not, or why yep. why uh, why they went for it on their own thirty four early in the first quarter, like I, I, on fourth down. I because they're two and nine or whatever yep. it may be. So those different things happen. So let's not forget about that. Um, Trevor Lawrence is looking more and more like he's going to the Jets, so that's for Tank sure. Tank for Trevor, baby. Tank for Trevor. Chicago Bears, you said it. I don't want to talk anymore about the Chicago Bears. Come on. Six in a row. Six in a row. You're up two scores with two minutes to go. What the hell are you doing? What kind of game plan are you doing? Like I said, Nagy, you're the first guy getting fired at the end of the season, my friend. I'm sorry, but it's just... Oh, I don't know. Adam Gase might be. Well, Adam annoyed. Gase would be there, but you've got pieces, man. The Bears have pieces. Khalil Mack obviously looked hurt last night or yesterday. Because, yeah, uh, something's up there. Because he, uh, he didn't look like he was all in on that game. Um, something's definitely up there, but they were pathetic. They were indeed. And Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, what's happening? The offense is just not moving. He At one point, he was one for eight um, in the completion department. On that uh, in that game on Sunday, yep. Um, the offense is just stalling. DeAndre Hopkins is there. Um, they've got pieces. You talk about pieces, they've got them there, and it's just it just doesn't seem to be working right now in Arizona. Yeah, they're uh, they're in tough now, and and I know I know Minnesota, you know, helped them out, which we'll get to in a second. Or sorry, um, they helped Minnesota out, and that's why they're in that that spot right now. But they're in tough. I don't see them going on. But I, I wanted to throw one more team in there because you had mentioned it earlier. Is is the um, the New York Giants? Don't look now, right? They're they're four in a row. They pull off a win with Colt McCoy at the helm against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, maybe we can start talking about that division. There's a couple. You, you got the the Washington. Come on, get a name, please. I almost said the um, I almost said a team, but the Washington Football Club. Yeah. Um, Five and seven. Need I say that maybe a, my six and ten is not looking like it's going to happen now? It looks like maybe oh, there could be seven. Seven and nine. No, There's I know. Still, lot, still not know. even 500. But but. Two teams playing decent football. Let's move to some some big big name teams in the AFC that, that are really causing commotion, I think. And that's, we. Owe, I think you owe them an apology, Dutch. And that's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And the Cleveland Browns. He was absolutely lights out. The Cleveland Bounds are for real. We did both predict them to make the playoffs. Yes, we did. Um, Baker Mayfield had his own little, um, okay, I'm going to show you that I'm still, uh, you know, a viable quarterback. And sure, he did. You know, you almost started talking, could he be in a in a conversation for an MVP? Uh, kudos that's, to... That's stretching it, though. After looking at the numbers, it's stretching a little bit. Big time stretching it. Um, good for... Um, Good for Mary Kay for you know giving us the insight about the, the those the terrible weather games and and why yep. they chose that way and I heard Jonesy talking about it today as well. Paul Jones on the fan was talking about it as well about Baker Mayfield and it's true. It, it, 
you know, you, you had that situation. Now he comes in and he looks like a uh, looks like a champ and has a phenomenal game. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that confidence going. They've got some big games coming up. Monday Night Football here, uh, not next week, or sorry, next week against uh, Baltimore. And then they close out against that big matchup that we've been talking about for months now against Pittsburgh. So it'll be interesting to see. Got to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Every time I bet against them, they win. I know they're not beating great teams right now. I don't know if this formula is long-term, but 8-4 and four is 8-4. and four. And they're starting to look a little bit smart now when you think about it. I, I know you're not a big Tua fan, but you know what? He looked pretty good as the game went went on. Yep. Um, you know, he was efficient, uh, a bit inaccurate. I, You know, he had 12 or 13 incompletions, but 300 yards, touchdown, manageable, and that's the difference. Fitzy, as I always say, he just throws too many picks. He just throws too many picks. Tua has yet to throw a pick. Yep, he's okay. protecting the ball. He's protecting the ball, and he's managing the ball, and I think they're they're really seeing what their future is going to be in, in Miami. And right now, it's bright, provided they can keep the right things. Uh, we have a, a, a full-on change in that division with the Buffalo Bills, who we're going to get into here. Huge game coming up. They took down, oh my gosh, the 49ers. And they did it in convincing style. Yeah, they dominated them. Dominated them right from start to finish. Um, you know, other than a suspect pass interference call in the in the first quarter on that first drive from San Fran, at one point they'd outscored him twenty-seven to three. Yep, and it was just flat-out domination. Um, you win it up front. You know, it, it, we, it, we all we all always go to the, the sexy and, and I'll get, we'll get into it with our MVP talk and we may get a little bit heated, but they kept Josh Allen clean and they were pesky against Mullins enough to make the throws contested and just make it tough. And they took away what, what um, Shanahan likes to do best. Shanahan and McVay come from the same philosophy, right? And we've talked about this before. It's two or three plays. And if they can't execute and and make you make the wrong step here or there on those two or three plays, their offense becomes tough. What I was really kind of shocked and surprised about was I didn't see any jet sweeps or any handoffs to Ayuk or Samuel. Nothing. To me, that showed that those guys aren't really clearly healthy yet, that we can't get them the ball 13, 14, 15, 16 times. We can't throw it to them 8 to 10 times and then hand them the ball 8 to 10 times yeah. because I they just didn't think, I think, that they could hold up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. and, and who knows? I mean, uh, Buffalo obviously had a, had a better game plan and the fact that, you know, Josh Allen can stand in the pocket there and barely get touched. Um, they San Fran couldn't get any pressure on them. Your stat line was unbelievable. If, if, if you were going to consider him which I believe he's in your conversation for MVP. Um, well, then, yeah, last night, 375 and four is, is unbelievable. But I, well, I got some, yeah, I got my little bit of beef with them, but I, I'm just excited that they're, they're, we've changed that culture in that division. And you've got a Miami team and you've got a Buffalo Bills team now fighting for the division. And, and I know the Patriots, you know, they, they laid a beat down on the, on the chargers this week. They laid a beat down and they're still barely hanging alive yeah. at six and six. Yep. But I wouldn't want to play them if they kept, keep getting hot, even though I'm not a big believer in, in their offense, 45 points. They still scored though. So yeah. nobody wants to play the Patriots. We know that. Yeah. Nobody 
you know, you get in there at number two, you think Mike Tomlin wants Bill Belichick across the field from him in a first round matchup, yep. even if if it's at home, no thanks. Yep. But they need serious help, you like like you said. Yeah. All right, let's finish up our player of the year conversations MVP here. Um, we're gonna rip off all three of them offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and MVP. As most people like, we'll start with the sexy matchup, and that's Offensive Player of the Year. We've got um, six or seven names on the list. we got a group paired together. we got Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, Deshaun Watson, the King, Derrick Henry. We've grouped Tyreek Hill and um, Travis Kelsey together. And, of course, your boy, Dalvin Cook, and anybody else I missed. Well, you missed the two important guys, but I know you always argue, well, they, they could be in the league MVP, but... How do you not um, give any credit to uh, Rodgers and Mahomes? Uh, I know they're MVP, but um, come on. they got to be in there for Offensive Player of the Year since it's a quarterback league, and that's all you talk about is quarterback, 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 quarterback. Well, then how the hell are we not going to pick them in the offense? you got well, you think, got one guy in there. you got to shot Watson. Yeah, well, here's, here's what I was thinking, that it's still a possibility that whoever you pick as, as the MVP could fall back down into that Offensive Player of the Year category. Okay, so if that's the case, then right off the bat, I, I have to stick with, with my boy, with Henry. Um, you know what? I, I think that he is in the right spot. Um, last week was his first dud, and that's just because Cleveland just took a, a massive lead on it, and therefore they just stopped running the ball in Tennessee. Yeah, and um, they actually pulled him out, I think, in the second half. They, right? they only had 15 touches, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I would have Henry, and as for receivers, and I want your take on it. As for receivers, you know, there's just there's no standout when it comes to all of them. You know, I, even if we threw in, uh, even if you threw Metcalf in, if you threw Hopkins in, you got and Diggs in. Um, Adams is probably the best um, up there, but you, why not Kelsey? I know they would never give it to a tight end. I don't think it's ever happened. I, I looked it up, couldn't find it. Maybe it has. Correct me if I'm wrong. So one of the listeners can as well. Um, but. Kelsey's got the same numbers as all these wide receivers. He's got 11 touchdowns. The guy's a machine. Yeah, he, he is. He's got, you know, 82, 82 touches over 1,100 yards. Um, I think nine TDs, right? I think he's got one rushing and okay, eight, yep. eight catching. Yep, okay. Um, but it's tough. It's tough because they, they're the, – the argument against Travis Kelsey is going to be this, that what they do in Kansas City, a lot of it's predicated off of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. He what Tyreek Hill does for that offense is it, I don't think it can be measured. The the vertical stretching of the field, the horizontal stretching of the field, so much becomes open because of what Tyreek Hill and the speed does to the the, the opposing defense. I'll, I'll give you that, but I want to argue this. I'll give you that, but I want to argue this point. Kelsey seems to still be the most verti- versatile, not only tight end, but with Mahomes scrambling and making plays, there's no other tight end out there that's doing it. Um, like Gronk, when he was in his prime, was, was you know, we saw all those plays. Those are the up the middles. Those are those seam passes. And, you know, he'd bowl guys over and do his thing. But Kelsey just seems to find a way to get open. He's he's a big, big boy, and, and he's out running and out playing these Linebackers and whoever wants to cover them, nobody can cover them. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's only one. To me, there's only one tight end that's even close to Travis Kelsey, and that's George Kittle when he's healthy. Correct. That's the only one that's even And close. I only didn't say Kittle, Kittle's because he's not healthy. He's, he's yeah, not he, in anywhere he, in there. hasn't been playing all yeah. year, really. So yeah. he's not in that, in that conversation. But I do agree with year. your point with with Mahomes. I do. Um, you know, who, who out of all those guys, you know, I said, Henry, who, who's your who's your favorite? I'm I'm back and forth on both of them. I love Henry. You know me. I always fall in love with the with the, the dual threats, the guys that can do a couple different things. And you know, Deshaun Watson, he's having a good year down there. Slow start, tough tough schedule. So I'm I'm gonna cross him off. I love Henry and I love the King Henry, but I, he just doesn't do enough for me. And I think it's a lot of its scheme and that offensive line. I keep coming back to these two guys and the Devonte Adams. He's got Roger throwing him the ball, but nobody else. So he's doing the work. He's doing the work. I, I understand that. And, and 13 touchdowns, but I come back to cook and Kamara over and over again. Yeah. And I don't know who I want, but, but I love, listen, Dalvin cook. I know you're on a 500 team, but 1250 rushing yards. Okay. Five yards per carry 13 touchdowns. 35 catches for another 300 plus with another touchdown. He's accounting for 1,500 total yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns. He opens up everything to, to them. You talk about Tyreek Hill and, and the whole offense being predicated. Other than a few select games, we've seen what that Minnesota offense looks like without Dalvin Cook. Correct. Then I go to my other guy, Alvin Kamara. Same thing. 10 and 2 team. He's got 213 total touches. And how could you not love 675 yards on the ground, 650 yards in the air, 70 catches. He's going to crack his traditional 81 catches that he's had for the last three years. Yep. He'll get over that number. And nine TDs on the ground, four TDs in the air, 1,325 total yards from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns. To me, those two boys are neck and neck for offensive player of the year. Yep. If you want to, if you don't drop one of those guys that we're going to talk about for the the leading two okay. roles at the MVP, and I'll give you that, and 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 I would go as far as saying that if uh, if Minnesota does, you know, does miraculously make the playoffs somehow, uh, somehow get in at nine and seven, um, it's going to be because of him, and and then you know what, those numbers are going to only increase, and you you could be right, you could be right, it could be a, a cook. We we know we know Kamara's not going anywhere, and he's pretty much virtually doing everything because Thomas is just not right. He's having a, uh, you know, his, those three or four weeks that he's been back now, he's really done nothing. So I don't think he's gotten the end zone yet either. So good picks on that. It'll be interesting to see, and uh, um, we'll see what happens down the home stretch. It's uh, it's getting pretty tough, but pretty intense for sure. Yeah, and there's tons of games that are going to sway the playoff outlook, going to sway all these uh, races that we have uh, that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Yeah. Or, Defensive Player of the Year. This is my side of the ball, baby. T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Zadarius Smith from the Packers, Trey Hendrickson, which old boy gave his shout-out to a couple weeks ago, yeah. uh, Miles Garrett back off the COVID uh, reserve lift list. And then to me, I had to throw these three guys in there. I don't really know if they're in the race, but honorable mention to Xavier Howard from the Miami Dolphins, J.C. Jackson's from the Patriots. It kills me to say those two names. Um, and the Honey Badger. In Kansas City, yeah, it's the it's 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 the big boys in my opinion, just right off the top. Yeah, it's, I would say it's so TJ too. Aaron Donald and it's Miles Garrett. Um, those are the those are the three that I see, um, and I see depending on how the circumstances go, the big showdown game at the end of the season 
with uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh could ultimately determine it. Um, PJ Watt's stats are phenomenal. He's first in two big major categories in D. Um, I know they're on a, a winning team, so that also gives them a little bit of a push. So is Miles, Miles Garrett. Actually, all of them are now. So those three guys are really, to me, the the deal breakers. They're, they're game wreckers. You know, you look at the boys. Uh, um, Arnold's got four four forced fumbles. So yep. does uh, um, I think Garrett's the same. Four forced fumbles. There you yep. go. Right. So so and you got the stats there, so you can read them out if I'm missing. But I mean, these guys are game wreckers. That's why maybe they have the edge over TJ because he doesn't have as many of them. But he's I think he's ahead of him in sacks. Um, but he only has, I think, uh, one forced fumble, and I know that was the other stat where he was, uh, I think it was 17, 18, 19 tackles for loss, uh, something like that. Crazy. Ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. So, yeah, he's not sacking, but, you know, they're playing, you know, obviously they're playing tight. They're, they're coming in heavy on these run packages, and he's the guy that's beating, beating the big boys. Yeah, and, and he's, that just completely, like you said, wrecks offenses. Like, you're looking at second and 12, second and 13, second and 15, and, and that's, no way to get your offense started, and that's why Pittsburgh can get off the field because you win again on second down, and now you're third and third and thirteen, and that's a punt. That's yeah. almost a guaranteed punt in the NFL. So, yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it's not even a race. I think T.J. Watt's got this by a landslide. I, I love Aaron Donald. I, I really do, and and I think Miles Garrett is having a great season in Cleveland. Yep. Um, and it's nice those sexy guys, uh, the, some of the corners getting the picks, and I always got to shout out my boy Trey White four picks in the last five games. Yeah, but uh, it's TJ Watt. Yeah. This is TJ Watt's race to lose. What's going to be interesting now to see is is that can like you said Garrett or Donald make a run here because their teams are a little bit more healthy. No Bud Dupree in Pittsburgh. They lost uh, Spillane. Spillane, yeah, last night. Yeah, the linebacker. Yeah, um, they're going to be on their third string linebacker. So some of these guys that are eating up blocks and helping now or that other teams have to account for. We it you know TJ might, might be getting what JJ's getting in Houston and that's two, three guys on every, every single, single play. That's right. And, and that changes it and that's why you don't hear a lot about our about, JJ about anymore. JJ anymore because he's just the poor man's just getting uh triple T double and triple team constantly. Right. And there's no one on the other side and they can send two and three your way all day. It makes it very, very tough. Yeah. And yeah. now to the big race. And the race that I know me and you wanted to talk about, we uh, we spoke off air a little bit about it. MVP. There's a few names we're going to throw out here, but uh, I don't think you can throw anybody. I think it's all quarterbacks. I think so as well. I think you get an honorable mention to Brady. You know, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, but I think overall when you look at his whole body work, he is having a, a decent season. And then uh, Russell, who was hot out of the gate for this award. And it's slowing down completely now in the last four games. The offensive line is in shambles, and he is just struggling, and it's affecting him. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got Patty Mahomes. And my boy, who I think is making a late run here, dare I say that Josh Allen is in the talk for the MVP race. Dutch, who do you like? No, you can't say it. Because I just don't think that... I, I think he's uh, worth a mention if he continues to do what he did last night, like I said, possibly. But listen, 26-8, and eight, it's too many mistakes. 
I know he's had six rushing touchdowns, but and one receiving. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it, I get it. But you know what? The fumbles and three I... game winning drives higher than anybody in the NFL. Okay, I know, I know, but the fumbles are still a big, a, a big thing. And you say, who cares if they're not, if they're not, you know, fumbles lost? Uh, well, I do. I mean, he's he's fumbled the ball seven or eight times this this year, and. Um, Bad weather games are not bad weather games, whatever. They haven't got any of that Buffalo uh, nastiness yet. So um, so we'll get back to it because I know you've got a counter-argument on that, and I, I do want to you know, fight you on that one a little bit because I just don't think so. And you were getting into me about, oh, you know, look at the history of all the numbers and that. But it's it's a two-horse race in my opinion. Russell's f- fell right off. It, it's Patty Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And, and quietly, I think I've got Aaron Rodgers uh, ahead of, of Patty. Look at the numbers he's put up, okay? You got him in front of you. And he's got nobody but big Devonta Adams. That's it. He's been up and down with the running backs. They've been down, out, up, down, sideways, injuries here, there. Yeah, Aaron Jones the last couple weeks has been back, and he's been helping out. But the guy's just absolutely, when you can keep him standing up, he's one of the best ever. That's my pick right now. So we're talking about the the most valuable player, right? Yeah. So the player that if you took off your team would affect the league, that team, the rest of the teams the most. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. It has to be. Defending Super Bowl champs, 3,800 yards, 31 touchdowns, only two picks. Two picks, Dutch. We're 12 games into a season. The guy's throwing two picks. Rodgers has only it, thrown four. And he's throwing it all over the map. Yeah, but Rodgers has only thrown four with 50 more attempts. What's he, 36 and four? 36 and four. 36 and four, okay. And let's go back to your Patty Mahomes. Okay, uh, don't get me wrong. I, this is the fun because it could be either way. But when Patty Mahomes went down last year, hmm, they still won. Because they've got the weapons. So to argue what you said there, if Aaron Rodgers is not playing quarterback right now for the Green Bay Packers, yeah, they ain't the, winning shit. Yeah, but they also had a good defense last year in Kansas City. They had a top 10 defense in Kansas City. The last, and, the, and they've got the second best coach in NFL history. Yeah, okay. Sure. Offensive coach, which is important. Okay. Sure, sure. But that still, not, that still doesn't make the fact that, that if, if he's not playing – they can't win, right? So you're saying if the guy's not there, the numbers don't lie. You're you're damn right the numbers don't lie, and it would be a coin flip. But um, I'd argue right now that if there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's no no Green Bay Packers uh, winning that division right now if if he's not quarterback in that team. I'm sorry, no chance. Yeah, and if there's no Patrick Mahomes, there's no Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs would be would have a hell of a better record than the Green Bay Packers would with the talent that they have. I'm pretty sure that a Teddy KGB when he was there, and I'm sure whoever their backup is right now, you know, I don't. I sure as hell don't know who it is right now. But um, absolutely, the Kansas City Chiefs are still winning, I would say, four or five more games than the Green Bay Packers this season. I don't know. What do you think? That's that's it. That's my that's now, Josh Allen. Tell me why. Why Josh Allen deserves to be in the conversation with MVP? Okay, he deserves to be in the conversation a little bit, but why do you think he's the MVP? Because I disagree. So go for it. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's he's the MVP. Okay, okay. But I think he's definitely deserving of a right of to be in that conversation. When you start to break it down, 
with all of the quarterbacks, Brady, Baker Mayfield, Jarrett Goff, and you, and you run them down, and our listeners can go team by team, division by division. This kid's developed, and this kid is is doing everything that needs to be done to develop and to put on film. Right? It's back to we were. I was talking off air with a, with a friend of mine, and and I've always said this: how do, how does the NFL work? The NFL works. It's it no matter what over history is. You come in. You, you're great. You have a great rookie season, Cam Newton. Uh, I can you know, the list can go on and on of guys that have had great seasons and great things. And then the defensive coordinators play catch up, and they start to change their game plan. What I've seen in the last two years is, first off, we're going to defend Josh Allen by, we're going to defend him like Lamar Jackson, keep him in the pocket, make him beat, make him, make us. Make him beat us by keeping him in the pocket and throwing the football. What did Josh Allen do? He developed his throw. A quarterback that could never be accurate had now magically has a 70% completion rate. And he's beating teams in the pocket. Okay, cool. So now they come out this year. What do they do? We're going to go man-to-man. We're going to pressure Josh Allen. He makes bad decisions when we blitz. And, and he'll throw picks and he'll get scrambled and we'll be able to win the game. Tears them apart. 4-0 start. Thank you very much. You cannot defend the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills man-to-man with John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Dix. We're going to play zone. Zone, it worked. I.E. Kansas City, Tennessee, did all right. What did Josh Allen do? He developed. He progressed. He's continuing to do what needs to be done in the NFL. When you put it on film, so now what? So now we've seen the last two teams, San Diego and last night's 49ers game, play heavy, heavy zone, and he tore them both apart. Now what do you do? How do you defend that? Defensive coordinators are going to have a nightmare here with moving forward with this. And, and to tie it all together is, is that he's continued to make that progression and move forward. When you add all the numbers up, he's done everything that needs to be done. I think he's stamped his name in, in the conversation. To me, right now, if, if we were betting today and this was this was the thing, I got Josh Allen as the, not, the third overall for MVP. I got him ahead of Russell Wilson. I know, I, I, I'll, I'll give you all that, and but and but and and everything you said was was awesome. You obviously uh, you know prepped it after our conversation today, and and you 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 know your Buffalo Bills inside out. You know it across the board. But I it really comes back to me, and I I, I not hope I can't wait to be. Um, uh, I don't want to say the word proven wrong, but I can't wait till he he solves the the last final piece of the puzzle, and that's hold on to the football. When Cam Newton won his MVP, when Cam Newton, don't tell me about this running bullshit, because when Cam Newton was the MVP his that season, I think he only had three fumbles the entire year, okay? All right? And that's fumbles, period, okay? We'll look the stat up, and we'll see. You can call me a liar afterwards, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was, okay? And Josh Allen is... Just up there right now with all those guys, because if you put his combined touchdowns, the 26 and 6, he's yeah. 32. He's right in between them both. Uh, that is Patty Mahomes and uh, Aaron Rodgers. But when you fumble the ball, it, it's like throwing a pick. And and if you if you account for if they were unlucky out of those seven times, seven or eight times he's fumbled the ball, if five of them are lost plus your picks, now you're starting to creep up into that number that you don't want, which is double digits for turnovers. That's my only reason why I wouldn't give him the MVP, but everything else he said, the points are there. The points are there. Yeah, he, and I, I, I don't know if you're ever going to get that with Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has a little bit of 
of Brett Favre in him. He's got a little bit of Aaron Rodgers in him. Like that's just maybe I think who he is. I think you're gonna take a little bit of the good with the bad. That he's gonna roll out and he's gonna he's gonna make those plays. And and to me, if he can just continue to progress, and you know what, if he throws eight picks a year and he fumbles three or four times a year, but he gets you five, 600 yards on the ground and, and picks up those crucial third downs in the playoff game when the pressure's coming and he escapes and he picks up the third and 12 with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter and he throws you 40 touchdowns and he runs for another three or four. Well, he's it clearly not ever get you an MVP, but it's going to get you where you need to be. That's what I wanted you to say. And I, I, I I'm, I'm glad you, you're, you, you appreciate and also realize that because it might not get him as the MVP. That's if guys like those two boys in front are leading well, the way. With going anywhere. We know that, yeah, but he, you know what? He's not always. Rogers gonna... is on the way. Like Rogers is going to retire at some point okay. here in the next right. But Mahomes can't always have these years, and and I don't want to throw Lamar Jackson in the midst because we know he, he he's not in where these guys are. But you know, Josh Allen's clearly head and shoulders above where Lamar Jackson is this year. Head and shoulders above. So I'll give you that. And Lamar's the reigning MVP. And just like you said, the coordinators are now playing catch up. They've caught up. And now they realize that, okay, Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. And we Correct. can we can take Correct. it. So you're right. I'll, I'll give Josh Allen a step above right off the bat there. But if these guys are going to keep this toward pace here, you're, you know, uh, Rodgers is on pace for, you know, 46 or so. Yeah, the four, 45 and 6. Like, I mean... Those are like almost getting close to record numbers again. Yeah, that's crazy. It's getting close to those those Breeze and Brady years um, in the early and mid two thousands there, where it was like a little bit ridiculous, like video game, right? Yeah. But I guess for me, what I, I and I you saw it again last night. You just fall in love with just the throws that that only you know. Isn't it nice to have a quarterback that yeah. you, that on your team that? How many times have I sent you a message or or told you like? There's only three or four people that can make that yep. throw in the world. You said that and to me last night, and and and, and there's there's a lot of naysayers because people just, you know, the ones that don't like Buffalo, they just don't like Buffalo, and it's just nice to be talking about yep. about them. We're we're not talking about them because they're because they're uh, just because they're they're your favorite team, and 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 I'm you know it's a second for me. I mean, I absolutely love the Bills, but we're talking because they're relevant and and their their divisions relevant, and it's it's just nice for a change. So. So, a uh, great segment. I'm. Uh, we'll find out who. Let's hope that the, all these guys that we talked about make it through the season. That's right. You know, COVID no injury injuries, free. no COVID, any of that stuff, so that way we can, you know, see where we uh, where we came through and see how close our picks were. Considering our other picks are just horrendous. Well, no, we're doing. We're hanging. We're hanging. We're hanging. In, in we're there. hanging. In I there. know. We're, we're hanging, hanging in there. In. And listen, somebody in our in our pool went twelve and uh, I think twelve and two or something this week, and with one game going on uh, tonight because right it is Tuesday. There's a game going on right now. Uh, so we are hanging in there. So all it takes is a. Five in one week, and we're yep. back above 500, right? 30, yep. 35, 39, and 4. We're right right on the precipice, as I would say. Let's fire up for a good week. I haven't even seen your picks, and you haven't seen my picks, so and, and, you you start first, and, and I'm going, go. and I'm, I'm rapid-firing this. Okay. I, I'm rapid-firing this straight up. Simple. McCaffrey returns. Carolina takes down the Broncos, minus 4. I'm taking... I'm going against the Chicago Bears. They will not win a game. Houston Texans, minus one. And for the Monday night game, I think it's a pick 'em right now, right? It is a pick 'em. The Baltimore Ravens are going to beat 
the Cleveland Whoa. Browns. They spanked them once. I think this COVID thing's uh, helped them. I bet you we go downstairs and look at the game, uh, and I think the this will show you how good or bad I am here, but um, I think Baltimore's going to lay a whipping to, to Dallas tonight. Maybe not a whipping, but I think they're going to beat them easily. Um, Baltimore Ravens. There you go. We need a big week. We need a big week from you, Dutch. Uh, I'll go fast and furious as well. Minnesota Vikings against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got it at plus seven points. That mean, that game means too much to both those teams. It's going to be a tight matchup. I'm interested to see if the Bucks can stop Dalvin Cook. They've got a good run defense, but I just see that game being inside of a touchdown. Uh, I don't see. Hope you're right. Hope you're right. The Bucks blowing them out. Ram, I'm going Thursday night. We haven't done one all. I haven't done one all year. Yeah, Thursday you night. Uh, I'm not sold. You mentioned it quickly there with Cam Newton and the New England passing game. I am not sold. 69 yards, 89 yards. Yeah, it was it's not a long-term plan in the NFL in 2020 to win football games. I got the Rams minus five Okay, against the Pats at home. The Pats spending back-to-back weeks in L.A. I think they uh, missed some hometown cooking. And I'm going against you on Monday Night Football. I knew you were. I knew I'm you were. Going, I rode the Cleveland Browns this week. I'm riding Mary Kay Cabot, one of our guests from last week, Browns beat writer. Love it. We're going with the Cleveland Browns and the Pick'em. Absolutely love it. Folks, second last episode. What a blast. Hope you enjoyed just the Ginger and Dutch podcast this week with no special guest. Next week is our last episode before we take a little break on holidays. We're going to get into some NHL, and uh, hopefully we can land a cool special guest for you all to uh, to get us through the uh, the holiday season, the World Juniors, and... Uh, and hockey talk looks like, uh, what, January 12th is kind of a tentative, January 13th tentative right. start. So uh, lots of hockey talk next week, folks. Talk about an all-Canadian division possibly, and uh, is this going to work? So we're excited about it. Thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Stay tuned on all of our social media fronts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Ginger and Dutch One for the 12 days of Ginger and Dutch. And thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm done.